0: Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of My Angular Story. This week, we're talking to Adrian Facu. Angular. <laughs> Adrian, I almost called you Angular. There we go. <laughs> yeah, that works also. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Adrian, um, do you want to just remind people who you are and why you're famous, all that stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. I'm not uh, pretty sure about that famous part, but <laughs> I'm Adrian. I work as a... Uh architect and developer at a company called uh, visma software they primarily make like financial accounting erp systems and so on i live in romania and uh, since i don't know like uh, three years ago i'm working with angular daily and doing all kind of things with it nice and i've previously been on uh, adventures in angular when we talked about uh, a post that I've written on Medium called DangerX Tips and Tricks, and that I was think.
0: great. Yeah, um, it, that was episode 214 of Adventures in Angular. And yeah. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. Uh, so uh, are those tips and tricks still uh, current, I guess? Uh, yeah, I think most of them. Because uh, things change. It's always interesting to see where they're going with that stuff. So.
1: Yeah, I've like taking notes of a few other ones that i see around that at some point i'll probably write a follow-up on that post with a few new ones let's call them
0: like that awesome and if people want to go all fanboy on you are you going to be at ng comp
1: uh no and i'll be at uh, ng vikings NG Vic- it's, a, it's a conference in copenhagen Denmark,
0: and i'm quite excited to to be there yeah that one looks awesome uh Cool. Well, let's go ahead and uh, jump in and, and talk about you and your coding journey. It's always interesting to me to see where people come from with this stuff. And um, I find that there are some similarities between people and some differences. And some of the differences depend on where they're from. And, you know, I think we've interviewed one or two other people from Romania. But, yeah, I'm really curious just to see kind of how you came into Angular and, and what your journey looks like. So let's start with how you got into code, though. How did you get into programming?
1: Yeah, well, I think this will not be very different from some other developers. When I was young and um, at school, we, that's when I interacted first time with computers. And of course, we played games because that's what kids want to do. And at some point, they became really interested in uh, how are those games made. Right. And that's how I found out about uh, programming and what it means a bit. And uh, I've started having some optional classes related to programming. And um, at some point, I gave up all the part of how games are made, and I just moved to creating software and so on. So from high school, already had like a connection with this. And I knew that this is something that I like, and I like to go in, in that direction. And my parents just bought me a computer at home at some point And then I was just spending some time tinkering with things. And then just followed from there. I was very fortunate from that point of view because, like I said, I knew what I what I like to do, or at least a part of what I would like to do. I just followed to high school on that on that part and uh, university and so on. Mm-hmm. So it went uh, straightforward from there for me.
0: Nice. It's interesting to me how many people were exposed to computers at a young age. You know, they 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 got in, and some people it was. You know, I I played Hunt the Wumpus for hours and for other people it was, I got in, I fiddled with it and then, you know, started programming with it. Uh, I'm curious, how, I mean, what was it that made you say, okay, I'm going to figure out how this thing works instead of just, you know, doing what a lot of other people did on it and just, you know, using the word processor and playing whatever games were on it? Uh, Well, I think uh, initially it started...
1: Well, I played a lot, of course, and after I played a while, it was just curiosity of, of how it might work. And I think it helped that I've started having some lessons and the teacher was trying to explain us a bit what's behind it and and how it works. And they even tried to teach us like basic programming, like visual basic or something like that. And I remember I was like really pissed off because I was missing one semicolon and nothing worked and I couldn't understand how (laughs) someone can just do that daily, but (laughs) I was very young then.
0: Nice. That's awesome. So yeah, so you get into programming, you kind of go to college. Um, I found in college, and I don't know how old you are or what your experience was, but when I went to college, I took a bunch of computer science courses and none of them really had a whole lot to do with web development or a lot of the things that I did once I became a professional. Is is that kind of in, in line with your experience or did they really teach you um, actionable things that you used in your programming career?
1: I would say that I almost agree with you. Most of the classes didn't have that much to do with what I wanted. Generally, I had like very good grades at labs where you had to do something hands-on at, at regular courses where just you had to learn some some things that didn't look that interesting to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: i did not find it that interesting i did like uh, c++ programming and c which was okay because you learned something right for example after university i went to a company and worked as a c-sharp developer and I never learned C sharp at university or anywhere else. I just right. learned a bit by myself. So, but it's I funny think... to
0: say that because I have a brother in university who's going to the university right now, and he's learning C sharp. So,
1: yeah, I think things change here also. So now they are doing more hands on, hands on things. But I remember, for example, some classes related to hardware, and they were teaching us like hardware from ten years ago. At that point, so it was yeah pretty useless. But I think it was important that I've learned exactly how to learn or how to train myself, how to look for things, what to look, and, and so on.
0: Yeah, that's what I – because my brother, he's asked me a few times, he's like, so what is, what's the most important thing that I'm learning at school? And, yeah, that's it. It's Well, you, you, you learn sort of the basic concepts of how people think about these problems so that you can go learn how to learn the things you actually need to know. Because, yeah, most of the stuff they're covering is stuff that you're never going to use.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you go to a job and it's not like, okay, I have no internet and no colleagues and no anything. You just right. have to get some basic skills of problem solving
0: and then you're good to go. Yep. So how did you wind up getting into JavaScript then and web development?
1: Well, uh, the uh, company that I currently work for, I worked at my initial project, the one that I was hired for, like, I don't know, three years,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or maybe a bit more. And then uh, I got a bit bored. I need some challenges from time to time and new things to to learn and so on. So after writing only C-sharp code for three plus years, I told them that I need something else. Either they can assign me to a new project or give me something more interesting to do or I might uh, look for something else. Right. And there was a new product and project setting up. They didn't knew exactly what's going to be used there like technology stack or anything they just said okay now partially you're on this team see what you can do there and the team uh, grew at some point we were several developers before we were actually starting the coding part just meetings and deciding how and what is going to be implemented right and we figured out that there's no one that known the team that actually has any experience or real world experience with uh, web development Like no one knew exactly what these single page applications are, how to do them, anything like that. And I just raised my my hand and said, okay, I'll do it. Just let me take care of this. Mm -hmm. And then I really started looking into frameworks and JavaScript and, and everything else I had before, like basic understanding and some basic knowledge playing with some JavaScript and HTML and so on at home, but I didn't do like any production project with them right and um, I've it's just investigated though. what I have to use there
0: yep i I find it interesting though I mean a lot of people that I know they they get to the point that you got to where it's like look i I want a different kind of a challenge, I want to do different kinds of things, and instead of talking to their boss or their employer, they just switch jobs, and in a lot of cases the the people who are employing you they want to keep you, and so yeah, it makes a lot of sense to just go to them and communicate with them and let them know what you need. Yeah,
1: that that's exactly my point. I'm usually one that gives feedback anytime. Yep. So my initial initial feeling will just tell them how I feel if they're not going to do anything about it, and that's it.
0: But yeah, and that that's the easy part, right? Is you know, I gave them a shot. They told me no, so then I'll move on and do something else.
1: Yeah, exactly. exactly. And like you say, I think most people just want to keep you there. So it's instead of just leaving the company, it's better for them if you still work there, but on a different product. So,
0: yeah. Well, the other thing is, and this is something that I, you know, I came to when I worked at a, a company, I actually did uh, the support, their customer support for them. Um, ran, I ran the team. And uh, yeah, when I wanted to move up, In the company, you know, I wanted to move over to development. They basically told me no, and so I went somewhere else. But I was the only person that dealt with the entire system. Like all of the developers worked on their own little pieces of it, and they understood how it interfaced with the other pieces that their piece interfaced with. But I was the only person that actually had to deal with the whole thing. And so um, when I moved out of tech support into QA, Um, and then when I finally left, a lot of people on the support team reached out to me later and said, and told me how much harder their job was once I was gone, because while I was still at the company, even though I was in a different department, I was still available to help them out. But once I was gone, it got a lot harder because nobody else could really give them the view on things that I had. And it was just a matter of experience specific to their system. It wasn't anything I could go use anywhere else.
1: Well, unfortunately, some companies don't see this right away. It's, it's true sad, but, but yeah, it's the right choice. Like I say. you tell them if they say no, you're just mind your own business.
0: Yeah. So how did you land on Angular then? You know, they give you this application to work on. Did they tell you that you were going to use Angular or did they let you choose it?
1: No, I just tell them that I'm doing things there and they just left me alone to, to see what I would suggest and pick. And since I didn't work with any uh, any of these frameworks in a real projects, I just took all of the major ones like Angular, React, and Vue. Mm-hmm. And I've created like you know the calculator from any operating system. I've created it in all three of them. You probably don't want to see that code because I didn't know much what I was doing. <laughs> but at least yeah, but that's the, point, right? exactly. that's the point, so- right? Exactly. The whole point.
0: I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but you know yeah at least you you get a feeling for okay this is easy to learn or it follows thought processes that i apply to other things or, yeah you know you get a really yeah exactly, exactly.
1: and so, after yeah. i finished all of them or three of them um, uh, angular looked the best candidate for several reasons i think that from me and i hear this from other people a lot also that coming from C Sharp or Java or other OP language, it's a bit easier because you have all that common knowledge there, like you have uh, classes and dependency injection and and uh, typing system because it's TypeScript and so on. So things were a bit easier to understand for me. And since Angular was branded as enterprise application level, like in a larger company, it's an easier sell. Right because usually you have teams where they want people to work more than one thing. So it's mm-hmm. not that common you work only on, on web. And I just said, okay, I'll pick Angular and I've started with it. I think it was still uh, releasing uh, before the first release, not like just release candidates. And right. I just came to work next day and updated and nothing worked anymore. So I had to do that for like one month or something. But it was, it was quite interesting in the beginning. It got considerably way better afterwards with the tooling and
0: me understanding right. more what I'm doing. Nice. So one question, and I just got back from a podcasting conference and they were talking about um, interviewing in one of the sessions I went to. And somebody brought up a question that I thought was awesome. So I'm going to add it. I sent you the questions beforehand, but I'm going to add this one in and we're going to see where we go with it. So um, the question is, um, what do you feel like was a turning point or a struggle for you that you had to overcome? Well, I
1: think the biggest thing for me here was that uh, for several mon- months in the beginning, I was alone working on this. Okay. And, and that was for me like the biggest struggle because I, since I didn't have that much experience, I was just doing things and then looking at them next day and just, okay, I'll have to refactor this because it's not good. Like I was having code reviews with myself and thinking about how things should work. And it's really hard if you're just the only one there.
0: Right. So so what did you do? I mean, were there things that you did that made it better or?
1: Well, one of the the first thing. I did was like look around in the company for uh, similar people like in other teams is everyone working with this uh, uh, new version of Angular and when I found someone I would just talk with them about different things even though we were not working on the same project Right, you can still exchange ideas and see, see where it leads and I constantly complained about it until they actually hired someone to work fully on the web front with me. That's awesome
0: I I love that idea, though. I mean, um, when I was getting into Ruby on Rails, I was running a tech support team at Mosey, at the company I was working at. And, you know, they, they had developers there that worked in Ruby on Rails, but they were all working on other stuff, and they weren't really that available to me. I mean, I could go and ask them basic stuff, but they weren't super available to me. And so I went to the users groups, I did interact with them as much as I could to get information from them, but yeah, um, I I just I love that. You know, if you feel like you're you're stuck or you're alone or you you know you're not quite sure where you're supposed to be headed with this stuff, yeah, find find somebody else to kind of you know be that second brain you can bounce ideas off.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've just remembered this one. Another important point for me there was like, I started going to a local meetup about JavaScript. Mm-hmm. And then there, it's way easier to find to find people that are sort of like, in similar positions with you and chat with them. And we were always looking at the presentations and then uh, going out to someplace having a beer and discussing about, about all the things that we all had. Right.
0: Very cool. So um, I guess the thing that I know that you've worked on uh, most is the blog. You know, we we brought you in for the blog post on uh, AngularX tips and tricks. Um, How did you get into writing blog posts?
1: I think it was um, a few years ago after um, Angular Connect in London. I've been to the conference and they gave us like a smart light bulb, like you can connect with Bluetooth to it and change the color and things like that. Mm-hmm. And I've used the native script to create like a simple mobile application to control it. Okay. And uh, after I did that, I was like, "Okay, let's let's try to write a blog post about this and see how it goes. And maybe try to explain the whole process. Maybe someone will uh, will find it useful." And then I've, um, I did it. It was okay. You know, it's a first thing like an application blog post. I cannot be great because it's the first one you're doing. Right. But it was decent enough for me and I really liked the experience. So then sometimes I, I've uh, got this habit of, of writing a blog post, but I don't do it that often. Mm-hmm. Generally, I do it when I have something uh, like interesting to say like how I did with NGRX. And after that, I've I've written a new one with uh, about uh, CDK and overlay and so on. So that's uh, that's the way. And I've, I've realized that, you know, everyone says that you don't know something until you're able to explain it to some other people or to right. talk with someone about it. And I realized it It really helps me the whole process of, of writing a blog post. It's also good for me. And if it helps someone else that's looking for that information, that's way better.
0: Nice. Now you've been writing these on, on Angular in-depth and we've had uh, Maxim on the show and talked to him a bit. Um, h- how did you wind up writing these posts over there as opposed to on your own blog or things like that? Did you know Maxim or? Uh, well, when I've started with Angular, there weren't that
1: many resources around and my like blog posts and Video tutorials, and angular in depth was one of the things that I was checking like almost daily to see whatever new content they have to just read everything because they had like really interesting interesting things and when I started with the blog post, I was just writing them on my profile on medium, so nothing major and I've actually written the one with tenGx and posted it on uh, on my my personal. Profile on Medium, Mm -hmm. and then I thought, well, it's pretty close enough, or I had a good opinion about it. That's good enough to be on a publication like Angular in that. And I've just sent Max a a message on Twitter about it, and he said it's okay. Uh, Some other um, people there had a review of it, and I've made a few changes. They're always awesome and really helpful with that, and uh, then I'm I'm just following there. Because the awesome. whole experience, it's it's way better for me. And yeah. they're like a really
0: smart and nice group of people. Yep. And I've been saying Maxim, but it is Max. So yeah. I, I should remember that because uh, part of my name is Max as well. So. And <laughs> yeah, that's should easy. <laughs> yeah, people call me Max all the time. It's kind of funny. Um, but uh, anyway, so... Let's, uh, have you given any talks at conferences or worked on open source or any other contributions to the community that you'd like to talk about?
1: So I've just started looking into applying for talks at larger conferences Mm -hmm. because I think I've got enough experience like from holding internal trainings at my company. And I'm also uh, holding talks at the local meetup from time to time. So I've had the... uh, talk about that and tips and tricks and several others
0: right
1: so i'm i'm trying my luck now with uh, by applying at a few conferences about open source i have just some uh, minor uh, commits and uh, contributions to to some projects nothing uh, major i follow more projects like i closely follow jurix to see what happens okay. there but I don't always have uh, the time like to to follow up and, and do some relevant changes for them.
0: Uh, but so it's like, on now? Uh,
1: Personally, I'm trying to write a few more uh, blog posts and I'm always like uh, having several side projects started like most developers. I just uh, gave up on the part like believing that I'm going to release them or buying a domain for them or anything like that. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Nowadays, I just look at uh, what I want to learn, or what I would like to have some experience with. And I just start a side project to to play with it. Nice For example, I don't know, uh, you're seeing everywhere uh, things about GraphQL but I realized that in the future or near future, I will not have a chance to experience with it or to play with it at my job. So then I've just started the site project to see how it works, how it looks and and so on.
0: Nice, is that something that we can go look at online? Is it a public repo somewhere? Or? Uh, no, most of them are just on
1: my laptop. I don't even put them to okay. GitHub only if I want to, to see them at, on my work laptop
0: or something like that. Nice. Well, hopefully we'll see you speaking at some of the conferences and you know, I'd love to see what you're playing with these days. You know, GraphQL is kind of an interesting thing and yeah.
1: I'm not limiting myself only to Angular. It's great, but you know, it's a tool, it's a framework. It's, if you have the, the concepts in mind, you can play around with many other things as long as you can find time for that. That is, it's, <laughs> it's great.
0: Yep. I agree. I was gonna say something uh, snarky about being like an Angular apostate, but <laughs> yeah. no. Well,
1: I'm working enough with Angular uh, at my at my job, and I'm grateful that I have a, a great team there that yeah. we're working with. And I'm
0: challenged enough to put it like that most of the time. Very cool. Well, um, then let's go ahead and move on to picks. Do you have some things you want to shout out about on the show?
1: Uh, yeah, I have uh, one that's uh, quite uh, nice and interesting. It's called the JS. It's a new conference, it will be held in the city where I live in Timisoara, Romania. It's community organized. And that's, that's something nice. It's going to be this autumn, like the first edition ever. And I think it's the first uh, JavaScript conference in this part of of Romania, which will be quite nice
0: nice do you have a, a website that i can go to for that yes yes it's
1: revojs.ro from romania i've posted in the
0: chat nice uh, revo r-e-v-o so, so i was hearing uh something else so this that's is that's why i couldn't find it <laughs>
1: yeah it's like from revolution i believe i'm not mm-hmm. sure if that's the idea behind it but at least that's how the the word starts, yep, and uh, of course, I'm not sure if it needs uh, uh, to be mentioned, but I'll say it anyhow, the angular in depth blog and like i said it's a really great group of people, yeah I would be able to write a post just for some of them to review it for me because I learn a lot like that i don't even need to publish it or anything they are just great, and I think that the material there it's it's really good.
0: Yeah, they've always got great stuff there. So, Very cool. Well, I'm going to jump in and um, I'm going to do some picks as well. Um, My first pick is going to be Podfest. Um, I may have mentioned it on a previous episode saying I was going to go to it, um, but it turned out to be a really, really uh, positive experience for me. And um, it's funny because I'm not sure... I'm not sure exactly how it all kind of came about, but um, for the last year, and this is going to get a little bit personal, um, but uh, for the last year, I've just kind of been carrying around this weight, and I don't know exactly how to describe it, but uh, you know, basically since my dad passed away last year, I just have had this this thing ha- hanging over me, and I, I couldn't quite let it go, and I wasn't quite sure what it was, and um, I'm not sure exactly what it was, whether it was just kind of the community or the environment at Podfest, or if I was just finally over whatever it was and around a lot of people, and so I could realize that I was over it. But yeah, um, this weekend I really have felt more like myself than I have in about ten months, and so and and it was super positive environment. And I think that was part of what either led me to realize that I was over it or to get me over it. And so I just I, I really want to shout out about it. Um, I've gone to a number of other podcasting events, including Podcast Movement. And um, yeah, it's just it, it, it was just different there. And uh, so yeah, I want to shout out about that. Um, the thing that really made the conference was the community there. It was the people. And uh, I can't always say that for the conferences that I go to, but for this one, I really can. So um, yeah. That's and, great. Uh, yeah, I, I feel invigorated. I, I have all these things and I'm just like, I'm going to go conquer everything now. So, um, yeah, it's been really great. Um, the other thing that I'm going to, uh, shout out about, so I've started my personal blog again and, uh, yeah, it seems like, uh, that one goes through cycles where I'll post a handful of posts to it and then something will happen and it'll disappear, you know? So the, the WordPress setup I have will go down or something. And then, um, Anyway, so then I will uh, start it up again, and then, yeah, same thing, right? So I have started it up again, charlesmaxwood.com. One thing that I'm struggling with a little bit is just figuring out what parts of it I want to post to devchat.tv as blog posts or do on DevRev as uh, videos where I just talk to the camera or, you know, both or whether I want to post it in my personal blog. Um, some of it's easy, like if it's, you know, political or, you know, my religious thinking or things like that, I just put that on my personal blog because it isn't really relevant to devchat.tv, but a lot of the other stuff, um, you know, even some of the, you know, personal stuff that I'm going through, um, I find a lot of people in the programming community are interested in and kind of need to hear that they can overcome whatever it is. I generally don't complain about things. I generally wait till I'm over it and then I post and say, Hey, this is how I got over this. So, um, and that's just because I, I really don't like to talk about negativity unless I can, uh, you know, put something positive out there with it. So, anyway, uh, you can go check it out at charlesmaxwood.com. Um, and uh, I'm going to pick the technology stack that I'm using because I switched. I'm not using um, WordPress anymore. In fact, I'm actually working on switching uh, devchat.tv off of WordPress. But that's another story. So, the stack I'm using is 11D. Um, and eleven d is a static site generator um, and then i 'm publishing it to netlify and i I really love Netlify. They are awesome and i 'm looking forward to playing with some of the features they have on there so um, if you 're looking for kind of a simple way to post or host um, web applications where you you essentially have static HTML, you need some basic like form processing and things like that. And, uh, you know, maybe some serverless functions to handle the the couple of things you do need to call back to the back end for. Netlify is awesome. And then you can build your Angular app on top of it. So anyway, so those are my picks. That's
1: great. I was looking actually at uh, possible options for like a personal blog or site in case I'll be moving it from Medium. So I'll check it out.
0: Yeah, it was nice, too, because uh, the other night I was on the airplane. I paid for the Wi-Fi. It was like 20 bucks for the flight. And um, so I was just working on it there. And, yeah, I switched my domain over to it. That was super easy. Um, they tell you how to do that, and then they handle the HTTPS and everything else. So, yeah, it's, it's been awesome. Um, I've currently broken it. I mean, that's the drawback, right, is that you, you can break it with code. Whereas with WordPress you generally don't, but um, yeah, I'm I'm really really loving it. So
1: nice. Well, I'll be sure to follow you on the blog, see yep. what you post there.
0: Cool. Well, uh, I guess the last question is: if people want to find you online, where do they find you?
1: I'm in most places like Adrian Fachu. So I'm on Twitter, Stack Overflow, Medium, um, GitHub. I probably have the same uh, handle everywhere. But preferably you can just look for me on Twitter, Adrian Fachu, and I'm there. And it's nice. also easy because I'm trying to have the same image all over the place. So if it's a guy that looks like me, then
0: it's me. Very cool. Yeah, I was pulling all of my social links together for uh, my personal blog, and I realized that I have different usernames. Like um, Twitter and GitHub are the same, and in a, in several other places it's the same, but a lot of the other places it's not. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating because a lot of them won't let you change it. Like uh, um, YouTube won't let you change it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And when you create it, you won't think yeah. about this necessarily, and then, like yeah. I say, you'll end up with different. Yeah, Facebook different won't ones. let you change
0: it, but yeah, anyway. All right, well, thanks for coming, Adrian. Thanks. It was uh, really nice being here with you. Yeah, you too. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, folks, and we will be back next week. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit dot to learn more.